Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. episode of NPL. Today, Mitchell and I are joined by Noor Nadan, and we're going to be talking about Palestine. Before I move on to ask you guys some questions, could you please introduce yourselves? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Noor Watad, and I'm a fourth year university student at Western University, and I study media and journalism. And I count myself as an active socially and politically in the cause of the Palestinian conflict. And yeah. And my name is Adan Watad. I'm nurse sister, obviously. Um, we were born and raised in Jerusalem, Palestine, Al Quds. And we moved here like in 2012, right? Yeah. And yeah, I'm in my third year studying criminology at Western. And I'm really excited to be here. Well, the first question I have for you guys is, could you explain to our viewers about the conflict happening right now in Palestine? Um, just to give a little overview about what the conflict is in case people are not aware. Whenever somebody asks me, oh, what is the Palestinian, like what is the conflict in Palestine all about? Like what is Israel doing in Palestine? Why is there a conflict there? Why is it occupied? I always tell them this like story that's very, very easy to explain and to understand, which really like gives an overview of what it's ha what's happening there completely. So basically imagine you have a house and you invite somebody over and slowly you, you put them in one room and then the next day you find them in your guest bedroom and then the next day you find them, find them in your master bedroom. And then the day after you find them taking over your washroom and then over your living room and then over your kitchen. And then suddenly they have taken over your whole house and you can't even be comfortable in your own place because they have taken over your whole area. And they've invited their friends over. And they've invited like their friends over. They've, they've invited everyone over. And now it's corrupted by people that you don't even know. It's corrupted by people that weren't even invited to your home and you're kind of left out like you're you're literally like you're bombarded by people and you're pushed outside the house and suddenly you start um you want to fight for your land you want you want to fight for your home i mean and then they start bombing you because or like throwing rocks at you or anything because they don't want you invading their new home in quotations so that's basically the israeli and palestinian um like what's going on in palestine 
Israel occupied Palestine in 1948. They made it official and a lot of Israelis went and invaded Palestinian territories and they've settled there. And that's what be, has become of, in quotations, Israel today. Um, so what's happening right now in Palestine is very critical. Um, uh, so basically, Adam, do you want to take over about the West Bank? Yeah, I can talk about like, kind of like, this was the kind of the history of like how, like it came about to be what it is right now. So I'll just talk about what it is like today, like the situation today. Um, so there's like, I would say like two different parts to Palestine or what I would consider Palestine. And of course this is coming from two Palestinians that I always say like, you're never gonna meet people who left Palestine as much as like me and my family. So of course, like we're biased, you could say that, but we were born and raised in Israel. I'm doing quotation marks for the people that are just listening. Um, and we've seen it, we've seen like the Palestinian side and we've lived in like in Israel, you know? So like, take it like as it is, like we've seen, like we have a pretty good idea of what the situation is there. Like despite us being Palestinian and like, if you want to take this as biased, like go ahead. But I think we have a pretty good like idea of what's going on there. But I would say there's two different, like there's two, two parts of Palestine, the part where it's like the like Gaza, the West Bank, Bethlehem, which is surrounded by a wall that is was put up by a siege, but that was put up by Israel. And basically it's an open air prison. The people that live there who are like Palestinian, that's like actual Palestinian land, they can't leave unless they get permission from Israel, the Israeli government, which is hard to get and it's rare. And to even impossible. cross, you have to like cross multiple checkpoints. They have to check your cards. Like it's like very risky and like takes like five times the amount of time that it would take to just drive if it was open. So basically that there's an open air prison. And then of course, Gaza is the most critical of like the whole West Bank because Israel also controls their electricity and their water consumption. And also uh, Gaza is bordered by a sea on one side. And I'm not sure what the exact um, like depth they're allowed to go into the water, but after a certain amount, like it's illegal, like they'll shoot them. Like you hear so many stories of uh, fishermen just getting shot for crossing the line they or not even crossing like, the line. They literally have like the stand, like it's like, a circular like um like a, a watch point like it's like yeah, you know like in prison it's like in the middle there's like sailors and they yeah. literally shoot them yeah so there's that and then of course like when when you're in open air prison you like you like export is not allowed and like so yeah and, and like in Gaza alone I think the unemployment rate is like 60 percent or something like it's crazy and people who are employed like earn like three dollars a day like that's what they live off of yeah. and then there's like the Israeli side again in quotations which is where we were from that's where like um Jerusalem is Al-Quds Tel, Av Tel Aviv Nazareth um that's um, more of like the city sorry go ahead 
And these are the people who actually during the Nakba, which is the vital point where Israel came and occupied Palestinian territories and kicked people out of their homes. And that way, Palestinian refugees happened and they left to Lebanon and Jordan and stuff. That's the Nakba. That's where when Israel occupied Palestinian territories, kicked people out of their homes and they had to seek refuge somewhere else. So the Arab Israelis, in quotation marks, the 1948 Arabs, are the Arabs that remained in Israel today, remained in Israel today in quotation marks, of course. Um, so we are like, for instance, my grandparents didn't leave the city. So they stayed within Israeli territories, which is now occupied Palestine. So that's how we became Israeli citizens in quotation marks. That's how, that's why we're referred to as Arab Israelis because we are Arabs that are living in Israeli territories. Yeah, who hold an Israeli passport. passport like, technically yeah. like we're Israeli citizens, but that's just because we happen to be born on the other side of the wall. That's literally it. Not you know? because we believe in Israel, not because we stand by Israel, yeah. not because we believe and in we'll Israel. Get, and we'll get into that later. Like in terms of the like the discrimination and stuff like yeah uh, we'll talk about it anyway so the people who live on like the israeli side we'll call it occupied palestine um like yes they're free yes they have a passport yes they don't have to cross borders to go from their home to work and all of that but and yes they can go to the al-aqsa mosque but within that like there's so much corruption that the Israeli government kind of dismisses and almost like encourages um, like you'd hear like people getting shot and like just like a lot of like gang violence like I, I guess we can call it that which like you know people getting shot and then like the Israeli police um, do nothing about it they they like seeing corruption happening within yeah they like so like no one is held accountable there's just a lot of chaos it's yeah. not a war zone or anything, but like it's like it's not a stable living situation. Um, and yeah, like and there's like Arabs killing Arabs, like Palestinians killing Palestinians only that are kind of getting away with it. It's also Israeli soldiers, literally Israeli soldiers under the government killing Palestinians on daily basis in yeah. checkpoints, in their trucks, like they're literally driving and then they hit up a Palestinian citizen and they're yeah like, you literally oh. never know there's a story of a girl in Abu Ghosh which is um like in occupied Palestine in Israel like she was like she's a five-year-old girl who was eating dinner with her family like we lived like like 20 minutes away from the city and like she was just shot randomly from her window and yeah. of course these are like the bad situations like we lived there and we didn't really live in fear like I mean we didn't think it was fear that was our norm but like it's not a war zone but it's definitely not like a stable living situation that we have here in Canada and of course I would, it's not yeah I just wanted to say for people living in the west and like who are much more familiar with the violence against black individuals especially in the states um if you look at what was happening when the black uh, lives matter movement was happening and how black individuals were being killed for you know, like protesting for using their civil liberties and for things that white individuals can get away with, but black individuals cannot. I just want to like awaken that comparison. Maybe that will help you understand better the plight of the Palestinians who are living in occupied Palestine. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's a very um, 
like good comparison. Um, maybe it's even a bit more so like apparent. Like it's like, you know, some people can question like, um, like, like the police brutality and like whether racism is still as brutal as it once was, which of course, like, like each person has their own opinion, but like we like obviously it is like it's very apparent and especially in institutionalized racism like in the states and even in Canada like it is really mm -hmm. apparent um but yeah like Israelis there get away with more like there is less law there than there is in the states they're they're not even held accountable for anything like there is absolutely no law for the Israelis when it comes to committing crimes against Yeah, let, I'm just going to use an example. Like, I'm not sure of the details 100%, but there's a, an Israeli settler who, um, like, burned down a house, like, a family, like, a house, and there was a family yeah. in it, and I'm not sure how many, like, a par no parents and a baby, and I'm not sure how many people were in the Two house, but they all- and the baby, yeah. Yeah, they died. And uh, they have one living son, like still alive. And he even went to, he went to the Real Madrid stadium. Like it's a very well-known story. And the guy was released from prison. I think he was in prison for less than a year, for less than like, like four it was like something months. like abysmal. Like it was like disgusting. And like, I don't think it's that apparent. Like you can't argue that like he got left, like he got out of prison because he's Israeli. Like that's just, fact because yeah. you see like people like children Palestinian children 12 years old threw a rock at a soldier they're in jail for 19 not even, years yeah not even like yeah I mean no there's you can even say even younger like there's so many yeah so many statistics online you can find even of so many children Palestinian children held in prisons children children we're talking like younger than 15 16 literally you can even google pictures and you can see like children with israeli soldiers they're literally holding the children by their arms and like literally and, the, and like, guns aren't aren't easily accessible in like in jerusalem it's not like you can art in jerusalem in occupy palestine like it's not like you could argue like oh like they had a gun like like you know like whatever cops say in the states like like these kids have like they aren't a threat you know no um so yeah it's just like the situation is it's basically like that like we're kind of like focusing on the negatives but like these are the things that need to be talked yeah. about yeah and in like what you were saying like i was muted i i, I i'm I, I was basically talking to myself um but uh I was, it, it's just a rock. And just because of a, a five-year-old throwing a rock at you, you're going to put them in jail. Exactly. They do. Are you threatened that much? Like you're literally holding a gun and waiting on them to do something so you can shoot at them. Like a rock literally won't do anything. Like what are we supposed yeah. to do? Just stand there while you're holding guns mm -hmm. at us? While you're, you know, yeah. like obviously we're going to try to defend ourselves by throwing tear gas and like rocks that really don't do anything. Yeah, you're do defending ourselves yourself and protect your people yeah right and yeah and moving moving on now like since you guys are talking about all these experiences could you maybe share maybe like a story uh about your personal experience um 
so uh, I remember when we were like we at one point actually lived beside a siege wall like we lived literally beside an apartheid wall where the West Bank was literally like two minutes walking away from us and we were in occupied Palestine and the West Bank is literally two minutes away we can literally if the wall wasn't there we can literally just walk and get there but I remember like every week we would go and wait hours and hours like in the car at the checkpoints not every day like if we wanted to get like groceries or something groceries yeah like literally just the mere fact of like wanting to get groceries would take us hours just waiting at the checkpoints to prove that we are israeli citizens and that we're allowed to travel within israel and every single time it's like a scary situation because you don't know who they're gonna shoot like you don't know who they're gonna stop and check their car you don't know you don't know whether they're gonna literally take you out of the car, check the whole car, you know, kill you, literally shoot you. Like, if you look in the news, literally, like every week, there are people getting killed at checkpoints, like in the head, in the chest. There are literally always people lying down at the checkpoints, just like lying, like, lying cold, dead. In cold blood. Yeah. And I remember actually, um, when we came to Canada, it was such a weird like thing to us that we entered the mall without soldiers checking our bags. Right, Adan? Like, like literally in Palestine? The experience of going to a mall, like first, like to go into the parking lot, there's like 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 a couple sword- soldiers checking every car. And especially like the Jews um, that have like the, tra- the Islamic, not Islamic, oh my God, religious swear. Yeah. Um. Like, like it's very apparent that they don't check those cars. You know, like we actually, are brown. Yeah. We have Arab, very Arab and Muslim names. They check our cars. They check our trunk. They look at all of us, and then we're allowed in to the parking the mall, lot. And then literally the mall, like the parking lot. And then when you go into the mall, there's um, like a metal detector, and then you give them your bag. They check your bag. They scan you, and then you're allowed to go into the mall. Like that's the experience, and that was normal. That was like that was normal. Like, that we was it. That was just it. Was we like came that. here, and we're allowed to park, and we're allowed to go into the mall, and there isn't even like, a metal detector. Yeah, like, that was so weird to that us. Was so and then, weird to us. And then, like, we didn't realize this until we went to travel back home, and we had our younger sisters with us, and we would go to like a McDonald's or like a coffee shop, and a soldier just walks in with like a with gun, half my size. Like, wearing, like, a big buzz like, like he's just big, holding it yeah. over his shoulder and he's ordering like that was so normal and then my our sister was like what like what is happening like why is there people here with guns like you don't see that here the, like, the police there very 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 apparent there like, like it's, it's all, like you see like like uh tanks like war tanks just driving on the just road like past us literally like, we like, were taking pictures we're like what is this was this nor-? like we like we were so like used to it that like we only noticed it when we came here and then we went back yeah. and we saw that and yeah. like the police there isn't police there the police there is the, the soldiers it's the army yeah I remember once we were we went to visit back in 2016 to Palestine and that was the first time we went to visit back after four years and we were walking in the old city of Jerusalem which is occupied and there's always soldiers there because it's a really like tourist area and like there's always like Palestinians and like you know sketchy like sketchy people in quotations like sketchy Palestinians um because a lot of people on the West Bank smuggle so they can go pray at the Aqsa Mosque 
So they're always there to double check that there's nobody that's not supposed to be there. And we saw, I saw like, he was literally right in front of me. He was walking in front of me for like five minutes. A guy, a normal Palestinian guy, he looked Arab. A soldier literally saw him, came up to him, pulled up his shirt without him even asking him a thing and pushed him to the wall. And he's like, give me your passport in Hebrew. The first, no, tell them what the first thing we did when the minute we landed. The minute was we get la- you, was get you like literally um, get me a passport. I don't know what you call it in English. Like it's like a not a drive. Like there's this card. It's like a it's like a driver's license, but it's not yeah, for driving. It's, it's prove, like a license to prove that we're Israeli. That we're Israeli, yeah. and my dad wouldn't allow. Me if to you don't have it, if you it. do not have it like you're basically gonna go to if someone stops you and you don't have it on you and you're above the age of like six you're either gonna get killed or you're gonna go to jail yeah so this guy the one i'm talking about like he's like give me your your israeli passport or like what are your id like your israeli id yeah your id you're, you're allowed to be walking down the street and he gave it to him and he's like like what are you doing like 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 relax you know like like he was freaking terrified but like I was scared. I was like, what is this guy going to do? Like, am I going to witness a shooting right now? It yeah, like, scary. you don't know. You like, don't you walked know in, in the old city and you're like, like, people have died here. And it's like, literally, it's like, beautiful place. And it's like, so much history. Then you're like, I saw a video of a guy laying right here on these plagued stairs. by blood. Yeah. 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 Like, it's, it's like, yeah, I like, once we add- grew up and like. Mm-hmm. sorry go ahead <laughs> no no actually finish what you were saying um i was just gonna say like 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 adding to Nur's point about the like uh, soldiers being in the old city like even going into like like the door to al-aqsa mosque there's so like israeli soldiers at the door checking our passports and then letting us in because they it's know our, that people want to go in place of worship it's, and they're, they're, in, they're our, inside like, too. They're like just sitting. They're on the inside. They're like watching us pray, watching us like. And they have know. guns, half my size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's like my brother. How... Also, at one point, like he had to leave earlier to Canada because he had work. They literally kept him in, like kept him for eight hours naked, like like yeah, they stripped him. His, like, yeah. And they were searching. They're like, you can't go anywhere. Like, you're under suspicion. And this, with a Canadian passport and an Israeli passport, just because he looks Arab, he's brown, he has a a Muslim name, you're suspicious if you have that. Like, like, even if you have an Israeli passport, even if you have a Canadian passport, like, you're a Canadian citizen. Yeah. You're Muslim, you look brown, come, we're going to strip you. Like, I remember, like, I went last year and the year before to Palestine with my dad. And the first thing my dad would tell me as soon as we land in the Israeli um, airport, he's like, Noor, don't speak a word in Arabic. Because we're going to grab all every Israeli's attention. And they're going to keep us in there for hours, just asking us questions, interrogating us, all that. So he's like, just speak to me in English for the next hour. And it's a scary experience, like. Obviously, you want to be proud. Like, I literally, like, would have, like, a Palestinian phone case. I would yeah. have to take it off because, like, I'm like, what if, what if they... I was about to say. Like, they're going to stop me. Like, I can't yeah, even like, wear, like, a I, necklace yeah. or anything. I always wear, like, a Palestinian necklace. And, like, going to the mall. Like, I literally remember going to the mall, but I was like, like, I've been, like you might not want to do that because they're going to check you. Like, you're not allowed. Like, it's such a threat to them. Like, just 
me being Palestinian is a threat to them. Like they want to deny me my existence. I can't even like me wearing my necklace, my Palestinian necklace, me wearing the hatha, the kufiya in Canada is a freedom that like I never even knew was a privilege. Not that it's a privilege. It's just like I never knew it was like something that like I can't celebrate in my own country on my own land yeah. and I can't celebrate it there I had to hide this part of me even though I'm there yeah yeah I was gonna ask since you guys have experienced these things and seen it firsthand how do you feel when you read in the news or what is your thoughts I would say when you hear that there are governments such as the UAE Saudi Arabia and many other Muslim countries who are now normalizing relationships with israel and supporting business and government and all of that what it do you have to say about blood. it like it's your like you're from the same religion you're from the same like national not nationality but you're you're arab, you're arab. arab. yeah you're muslim. Like, you're muslim right and like it bothers me so much when palestinians who are from uae and who are from dubai and who are from morocco glamorize yeah. their countries and glamorize is like they're like oh i love uae but do you know what uae is actually doing they're supporting israel they're supporting the yeah, like they're celebrating the interben like i don't know like national uae day whatever it was a couple months ago and they're like posting the fireworks and they're like loving the uae and they're palestinian and like do you know like, what they're doing to your, like real like, like your country mm-hmm. like it's one thing for like the US, even Canada, Canada boils my blood because like I have a Canadian passport, I live here. And like when Justin Trudeau says anything about Israel, I'm like, like I like, you know, but when it's like your own like people, your own people like betraying you in a way that's like so obvious and so public and it's it's for what? Mm-hmm. Like, like before I could say like, there's a lot about Saudi and UAE that I don't like in general, but I could say that like, like as a person with an Israeli passport, I couldn't travel there because they don't allow travel from Israel to, like they don't allow travel between them or they didn't. And I like, I was like, I couldn't, and I was upset about it, but at least I was proud, like, or like kind of like impressed. That it stood for something. That they, yeah, that like, that like they, like they're so publicly against it. Like they condemn it now, like, not only are they like, oh, whatever, like, yeah, oppressed Palestinians, sure. But also, you yeah, allow travel. And then you see videos of um, UAE tourists in, in Tel Aviv and in Jerusalem. And they're like, oh, it's beautiful here. Oh, it's, it's like amazing. They're like, validating I'm like, and proving sanctioning... that like, like, they're like literally validating Israel's country. Like, they're I'm just going to say that it's sanctioning the uh, crimes against humanity that are ha- happening. So yeah. for anyone who doesn't know, like these deals that have been made have been largely backed by the U.S. because the U.S. has an interest in these relationships being normalized. It's more money for the yeah. U.S. economy. And yeah. even with all these countries like the UAE, Morocco, um, what uh, there was a third Saudi. One. Saudi, there was a sorry, there's a third country that I'm forgetting. Give me is it it was it Qatar or Kuwait? No, it was just Which very one? recently that wow, why am I blanking? <laughs> I can't think of it. I can't Bahrain, think of it. Bahrain. Oh so all yeah. of them normalizing yeah. their relationships is due to the fact that one, the Israel has a lot of weapons 
that you know the sales and guess what those weapons how are they being tested why are they being made why does the israeli government have so many weapons it's to use against the palestinians it boils my blood when i hear them say that oh they're of course countries one argument that i hear often is of course countries are going to look out for their best interests i understand that and i know that happens across the world but at the same time you have as Muslim countries, especially these countries that claim themselves as Muslim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to have some standard for what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. Like, sorry, and you're selling like- out. And even for countries that are not Muslim, the UN has human rights. Mm-hmm. Where are those human rights? What do we do when those human rights are not? What, what is the UN doing? Nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> UN is there just for show, literally. And To the most proof that Israel is committing crimes against Palestinians and against humanity is the fact that they're not a part, a part of the um, ICC, the International Criminal Court. That just proves that they don't want to be held accountable for their actions, which means that they're obviously committing crimes that they don't want to be talking about, that they don't want to be held accountable for. Yeah. And the thing And, is, yeah, there are... For people, I also have heard claims, like, you know, people are like, these, these claims of human rights uh, violations are from people who are Palestinians, so therefore it's biased and all these things. The thing I have to say is, you can look it up on Google right now. Google is free for all of us. There are third-party reports that are not biased in any way that, pro- that have documentation. There are videos. There are actual proofs out there but you just if you choose to be blind there's nothing that can be done about that it's literally on youtube and um yeah and to add on to what misha said about saying like these are all muslim countries their 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 laws are following like uh, islamic laws sharia laws right yeah Yeah. but what 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 terrifies me the most is that they don't understand Islamic history. They don't understand the significance of Al-Aqsa, you know? Even, yeah. I would go even farther to say they're not really following yes. Sharia law. They are claiming they're they not. are. They have that banner. They're claiming they are so they can justify everything yeah. they do. But, excuse me, Saudi Arabia is... does not follow anything Sharia law dictates. They, fall, they pick and choose. And you can't pick and choose in Islam. Trump millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Millions of dollars just so... It's a disgrace. Go, yeah. To say I Saudi is, is representative of Islam at all. Yeah. yeah. I Please truly remember? believe... Sorry, you can go. <laughs> Then I'll go. Um, I truly believe that there's... You can't be a real Muslim if you don't support the Palestinian cause. You can't be a real Muslim if you're supporting Israel in any way because that way you're literally saying it's okay to kill Arabs, it's okay to kill Muslims, my brothers and sisters in Islam, and it's okay to be, um, like, it's, like, they're it's literally... It's okay to kill anyone. It's not okay yeah. to kill anyone in Islam, let alone your own, like, your own brother yeah. in Islam. Like, and yeah, it's so, odd. like, back to what Misha was saying, like, It's so apparent, it's so obvious what Israel is doing. And that's why it's so blood boiling and why it's so infuriating seeing people like blindly support UAE or blindly like be proud of that they're living in UAE or like that, like the UAE citizens coming to Jerusalem and like saying how beautiful it is and how peaceful it is. 
it's like I can't exp- like I saw a video of someone like a couple like Muslim tourists from UAE coming and they're like oh this is so peaceful it's so beautiful I was like I like I can't express my feelings during that moment my, like I couldn't even share it yeah. yeah I I truly understand that my point of view differs just a little bit I want you to share it and see what you guys think in that I think there's no harm in loving for example UAE loving the Saudi Arabia loving these countries that you are born in or live in or come from because I don't think there's a harm in loving them and celebrating them but at the same time you have to be willing to call out when they're not correct 100%. I will be the first one to say I love being Canadian I love being Pakistani but I will be the first one to say I don't support everything Canada does I don't support everything Pakistan does and I think there's I see this trend with like a bunch of countries where we think if you love your country, you have to support everything they do. That's not true. No. That's not true. No. You you have to be human enough to call out the injustices and to call out what is wrong. For example, I can sit here and be proud and say that Pakistan does not recognize Israel as a country and Pakistan does, will never let them in. But at the same, and will never do business with Israel, hopefully this stays true. But at the same time, I also have to recognize the fact that while Pakistan might be standing up for Palestinians, on the same hand, they're doing business with China. Yeah. They're doing yeah. business with yeah. China and they're putting their economic interest over there, over um, the Uyghur Muslims. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a give and trade. You, ha- you can celebrate the great things your country does, but you can also recognize the things that they are not doing right and call them out on it. Mm-hmm. of course a hundred percent I agree with that and I agree that like loving a country that you live in is one thing but I feel like because I know people who are Moroccan and like the minute Morocco like normalized um ties with Israel and like they're like okay so now we're fine we love Israel they're like excuse me like like I love being Moroccan and I love my culture but what my government is, there's a difference between a government and like the Palestinian government, like, like we'll be the first to say that, like, what the hell, right? But, and the Saudi government, like Saudi has like some of the most important and significant Islamic places on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And UAE, like, sure, like there's a lot of, like, I don't know, malls, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you is just no, I'm kidding. It's, it's like, like, you know, like, like there's a lot of yeah, positives about UAE and I understand why someone would love to live there, especially if they grew up there. But like being like passionate and patriotic towards UAE, I'm just being bitter, but like it pisses me off, especially if you're Palestinian. If you're Iraqi or if you're like um like Indian or like something like that, like like something other than Palestinian, like after what just happened, like I understand not like I feel like everyone should be vocal about vocally against what UAE and Saudi and all of those countries are doing, normalizing ties with Israel, because I think like there's there's power in the masses speaking out loud against their governments. And it's like it's good for me to hear, like seeing that like like people like the Moroccan students in the university students in Morocco like uh, protested and stuff after the government. Like it's good for me to see that like because I get like personally like insulted when like a government. The thing like, is, it is personal. I love Morocco. I, think... I wanted to visit, and now this. Let me go ahead. Um, there's there's one thing that I want to say to our fellow Muslim brothers and sisters, and that is that you need to like start it from like way before from our prophet's time. Masjid al-Aqsa, Jerusalem. That's something very very special to us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
before when when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave uh the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, the message of prayer. Yeah. That, go tell your people to go pray. The qibla was Masjid al-Aqsa. It was Masjid al-Aqsa. Yeah. It was yeah. Masjid al-Aqsa. Now with with uh and then what happened was that he was like he was he was also very attached to the Kaaba and he, because he uh, Prophet Ibrahim السلام, he, he was the one who built the Kaaba and everything like that so yeah. I, I don't remember the exact details but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the Qibla Al-Aqsa and the Kaaba yeah that's something very special for us so it's important yeah. that we fight for Palestine because it is our Islam it is it's like as I said before like you're not complete you can't be a real Muslim if you're not standing with Palestine because it's not only a political stance it's also an Islamic stance like like everything about Palestine like subhanahu wa like um Sayyidina like Sayyidina Isa alayhi salatu like he was born and raised in Palestine you know he lived there uh Sayyidina Muhammad the, and the Qibla like it, like it's it's derived from Palestine like everything like there's so many correlations Islamic correlations that come within Palestine that we need to preserve all of these historic and um, religious um, sites. Okay, so now we'll move on. Uh, so there's, there, whenever I talk to, um, whenever I talk to uh, a fellow Muslim who's Arab, or they'll be like, yeah, I'm not gonna associate myself with that person because they're Palestinian and they're landless. And then, I, and then I'm just there and I'm like, okay, huh? Like, I, I don't understand, <laughs> it doesn't understand, like I, I don't understand it. And so I go ask, I have I have so many Palestinian friends. I'm like, what does this mean? Like, what are they what are they saying? And I, I've I've also come across people who they they're Palestinian, but they moved to J- Jordan, um, and they they like they, to say they're Jordanian. They, they don't like, like to say, they, yeah. They don't they don't want to say identify as Jordanian. Uh, they don't want to identify as Palestinian. Sorry, that's what I meant. But like. What do you guys have to say about this just discrimination from your fellow Arabs? And what advice do you have for your fellow Palestinians? I mean, like, honestly, 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 I came from Palestine not knowing, not knowing the value of it. After I came to Canada, I was like, oh, my God literally home is where the heart is i wish i was in palestine right now i wish i actually enjoyed every second i lived there i wish i reminisced on every moment i spent there and just the mere fact that i'm palestinian makes me so honored honored and so proud of my heritage and of my background that honestly it's it's such a shame when people don't don't identify themselves as palestinian when they truly are it's such a shame when people are from the UAE and they say, oh, I'm from UAE. They don't identify themselves as, oh, I'm actually Palestinian, but I lived in UAE. Or I'm actually Palestinian, but I actually was born in Jordan. Like my parents are originally from Palestine. It's such a shame because it's such an honor to be from a land that hasn't been, like that hasn't even gave up, that hasn't that has been so strong for over 70 years, that has been living under a, a fight for over 70 years constantly every single day like I don't know about you but honestly it's such a prideful thing for me and like I'm so proud of it and I'm so vocal about it 
that I feel so insulted. And like, it's so insulting when like Jews or Israelis um, say that they have their birthright to go back to Israel. And they're so proud of that. And Israel actually gave them a birthright to go and live there. And Palestinians are so scared to even go to Palestine if they had the chance. Like they just don't want to even bother going to Palestine because they're like, I'm so scared it's not even worth it. Yeah, even if they have the Canadian passport, they're like really hesitant to go. And I don't blame them. Like you don't like you really don't know what's gonna happen once you land in Israel. Um, and to add to Nur's point, like we definitely do not speak for most Palestinians or for all Palestinians, and we probably should have started with that. We're not like the normal representation that you see here in can in London because we came from Palestine. We were born and raised there. Uh, unfortunately, because of Israel, like most Palestinians didn't come from Palestine. They came from Jordan, Saudi, UAE, like somewhere that's not Palestine. And I guess because of that, like I honestly, and maybe just that's just to my face, no one has ever been like, like, oh, you're landless, like, or like an Arab at least. Like everyone else is a different story. Oh, you're Palestine, you mean Israel? You know how many times I've had that? Like, or like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm from Palestine. They're like, what, Pakistan? I'm like, no, Palestine. They're like, where's that? I'm like, you know, Israel? They're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, shut up, okay. <laughs> anyway, that's a different thing. But we're talking about like from Arabs. Um, so I never experienced discrimination from like that sense and, and probably not to my face, maybe behind my back. Like I can see that. And like Nor said, like, it's really disheartening when you see a Palestinian not be proud and that's just because we are so proud of being Palestinian and we're in a country where we're allowed to be proud we're allowed to be vocal about Palestine and like and I would I would say that's because we were born in like in Jerusalem and we were raised there we've seen things but you also look at our our classmates back home and they're I think having lived in Canada and Palestine, it gives us two very different perspectives, which allow us to appreciate both so much. And if we just lived in Palestine, we'd just be like, this is the norm, this is it. We wouldn't appreciate it. We wouldn't have, um, we wouldn't have that much, like we wouldn't be as patriotic because we wouldn't be, al we wouldn't be allowed to be as patriotic. Um, but I would say for us, our personal experience, discrimination came more so from like holding um, an Israeli passport than uh, being Palestinian. And that's maybe because we came from there. And so like we technically have a land, which is Israel in quotations, um, like being called like implied as being spies or like yeah. cooperating with the Israeli government. That's why we were allowed to stay and like friends that's not stopping being friends with us. That's what I wanted to ask you, actually. I was going to ask, does holding an Israeli passport affect the way, like, your relationship with being Palestinian or the way that other people perceive you? Like, you know, is there, what yeah. is, how does that impact it? As soon as I got to Canada and, like, I was, like, you know, like, like and I got into university and I met other Arabs, I'd be like, yeah, I actually lived in Palestine, but, like, I actually lived in the Israeli territories, in quotation marks. 
um, they're like, oh, in the Israeli, like you're Israeli, like you're not, you're not an actual Palestinian, like you lived yeah. amongst Israelis, you did this, you did that, you speak, you know how to speak Hebrew, blah blah blah. So you're integrated into the Israeli culture and you assimilated to their yeah. how they like live. You let the occupation happen is what they're implying. Yeah. Even right. though like and you could like you approve of it. Like it's like, oh, you lived yeah, through you're it. You're like so okay you with it, you lived with it, you yeah participated in the political like or in their view or like you lived like your neighbor was Jewish and you went to the same school which is not true there's actually segregation in the schools I should have we should have talked about that earlier but there's Arab schools and there's Jewish schools the Jewish schools are funded by the government the, the Jewish, Jewish schools learn Hebrew and English but the Arab schools are forced to learn Hebrew the Jewish schools don't learn Arabic they don't learn even Arabic. though it's, Hebrew, a, it's a two-language yeah. country Hebrew is, everyone has to it's, learn it, but Arab, Arabic, you don't have to learn it. Yeah. So that's just so we were forced error. to learn Hebrew. That's just because we were born in that part of the world. And because we were born in that part of the world, we hold an Israeli passport. And we've had like side eyes and stuff like that. But um, I don't think it affects like me being Palestinian. Like I don't, like I'm not like, oh my God, I hold an Israeli passport. Like I'm having a dilemma. But it was more so like me being a 12 year old, my first year at elementary school, someone asks me, where are you from? And me just having like knowing the conflict, like, knowing what me saying I'm Palestinian holds, even as a 12 year old, I knew like, like, how is that person going to perceive once I say I'm Palestinian? Should I say I'm Israeli? Just avoid all of that. Like, I'm like, it's my first day of school. Like, should I say I'm Israeli? Or should I like, start the year off with everyone hating me? That was my thought. And like, if I wasn't born in Israel, I wouldn't have that dilemma. Like maybe I'd say I'm from UAE, but like Israel and Palestine are like two very like opposite things. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't say like- And there are heavy terms. Like, you know, you yeah. can't just say you're Palestinian without the full implication of what being Palestinian means. Yeah. yeah and I would, uh, to touch back on Nur's point, she was saying like how, like we're so proud of being Palestinian. like and people not being like not being proud of being Palestinian or not associating with Palestinians because we don't have a land i think kind of allows the whole erasure of our history to happen and our identity like me saying i'm palestinian and wearing the palestinian necklace and wearing the hatta and kufiya everywhere i go and being part of a palestinian cultural club at western university like all of that is like a political statement all of that kind of negates what Israel like helps or like does a little bit to like preserve the Palestinian culture so anyone that like I guess my advice would be like say you're Palestinian be Palestinian proudly wear I love Palestine shirt like make the presence of Palestine like apparent like I was gonna say like there's two different kinds of Palestinians the one that like kind of says they're Jordanian or says they're from UAE or says like oh my mom is from this place so I'm not like fully Palestinian like people who like try to um, distance it. yourself from the Palestinian yeah. identity and the other half which is us hi my name is Adnan Watad I'm Palestinian like that's how you introduce yourself yeah. you're either or and I think because like Palestine is like such a like it's it's what well, I was like I don't know it's anyway <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the word but yeah like I think 
like you should wear like wear your identity proudly if you're Palestinian because that's the whole point like it's a political statement in and of itself and that's why you should hold it proudly and say you're Palestinian and wear a Palestinian necklace mm-hmm. yeah and if you're not Palestinian and, I don't, and you don't want to wear a Palestinian necklace or a shirt that says I love Palestine, at least support Palestinian websites online, like shop Palestinian products, go to Palestinian protests and protest for Palestine mm-hmm. and the occupation that's going on, you know, like go to Palestinian clubs and events. Like you don't have to be completely vocal with your love towards Palestine through merch or Palestinian merch or through, you know, like and like some you something you wear. You can literally be vocal about your Palestinian um, support through going to protests, through buying Palestinian products, through being through being friends with Palestinian people. Like that's how you show love and support towards the Palestinian culture, just by you know, like supporting us in really small ways. They don't have to be, you know, like you yeah. don't have to do a political stance and go to jail for us, like mm-hmm. how a lot yeah. of white people do. I will it. also say. As any adult, it is your responsibility to stay up to date with politics. Like politics is not something that is only for the elite. Politics affects how you live your life. It affects so many aspects of your life. And it is up to you to stay up to them. And when there's, for example, when there's a vote in parliament or when there's a decision being made that affects these conflicts that you have a stake in, write to your local MPs, send them an email. It doesn't take that long, and but it goes a long way. Yeah. That support 100%. goes a long way. And that is how you can influence something much larger than yourself. That's true. 100%. 100%. As Muslims, it's even more important that we are uh, very well aware of what's happening. Because at the end of the day, these small, small, uh, these small, small things, they, 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 they affect us. And they, yeah. they become even bigger. And that's what is dividing us. That's what is creating so many problems. And that's what's making us feel, I guess, insecure at some mm-hmm. point, you know? Yeah. You know, about, Noor, what you were saying about go to protests and everything. I remember it was like, it was last year, around this time, you had the <laughs> protest. These two, they were yelling in the, in the, in the, in the microphone and they were yelling, they're like, Matt, it's Matt, it's something, something. I still remember it. I still remember it. And, yeah. And then, yeah. And then I remember Adin's uh, Palestine flag. And then I went and I took a picture with it. <laughs> oh my God. I remember that. I remember yeah, that. It was, it was really good times, man. I just want COVID to be over so I can keep doing protests. <laughs> no, and yeah, you, I know. And I, I want to talk about that. You guys, mashallah, ever since, you, I don't know, ever since university start, started, I've noticed that you guys have, I guess we get more confidence and everything like that. And you guys have been very, very vocal about this. Yeah. Um, Noor is one of like the main organizers, organizers for um, like the protests and everything. And yeah you already I remember Yasmin even you were one of the you were like the first person who pushed me into doing the protest the last protest last la- like in in the summer you were like Nur we need to do something about this remember oh yes 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 yeah and I'm like oh my god I'm on it like I'm gonna go make a Facebook page I'm gonna like spread the word around I got this oh okay oh damn I never knew it was me but yeah no I I I love I love I love Palestine so much and like like it's it's a part of me so to the point that like the fact that 
I understand that we must go, we have to fulfill our duty to do, go to Hajj and Umrah yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But I'm like, I will not go until that that government. I don't even mm-hmm. like their name. That government d- stops supporting Israel. Yeah, and yeah. I will because you're literally supporting the economy. You're helping yeah. them out. Literally, like, that's when I. It is a political stance. Yeah, and okay. So now talking about that, could you advise um, our viewers? Uh, and I guess Muslims in the Western world on how to be an ally for our Palestinian brothers and sisters. As Misha said, um, do the most you can to help out when you see your government doing something wrong in regards to supporting Israel or you know, their political stance towards Palestinians or indigenous people even. Like indigenous people living in Canada literally suffer through the same thing Palestinians suffer. You helping indigenous people is like you helping Palestinians because they've literally gone through the same thing. So those little things, but again, as Muslims, um, do the smallest things. Go to protests, attend protests. Don't even like, you, you don't even have to attend protests. Just invite people to the protest to go if you can't even share attend. Share it on your social media. Share it on your social media. Um, like literally share it on your social media. Tell your friends about it. Um, pray for Palestine. Give sadaqah for Gaza. Give sadaqah for West Bank people. Like we, they all can use it. They all can use our help. Of course. And I want to add like also along with like the political sides of it, like preserving the culture is such an important part of celebrating Palestine and sort of um, kind of dismantling what Israel is trying to do yeah. with the erasure of Palestine and like BDS not being like being illegal in some places and stuff. Um, and like so learn like, learn to trees. Yeah, and we, me and Noor are part of um, the Palestinian Culture Club at Western, uh, quick plug. Um, I'm the president this year and Nud was the president last year for PCC and like the whole idea of it is that we're not political we're not talking about Israel we're talking about Palestine we're we're just sharing our love for Palestine and just enjoying like everything Palestine has to offer from the food for, to the tatris um, like art that we do and yeah. to Dapke like everything and like go to those places learn these things because it's so rare now to find people that know those things and celebrate them and it's so rare to talk about Palestine without talking about Israel too and we don't always want to talk about Israel sometimes we just want to celebrate Palestine um and just a quick really short story before we end this I was at a at a ASA event the Arab Student Association at Western last year and a Palestinian who visited Palestine really often was like, I'm like, oh yeah, you should come um, to the PCC events that we hold because you're Palestinian, you love Palestine. Not that you have to be Palestinian to come. Of course, everyone should come. And he's like, oh, like, what do you guys like? Yeah, like who know? Like you guys, no one knows what Palestine is. Like, 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 because none of us have been there. Like, like, what do you guys have to offer? What are you gonna teach me? I visit there all the time. And I just want to say that, like, I was so insulted at the, like then, because I'm like the whole point, the whole premise of the PCC is to teach the Palestinian culture, because no one can go there. Yeah. Not not because no one can go there. That we have nothing to offer mm-hmm. because we're landless and 
like that should negate the whole idea of the club. The whole idea of the club is based off of that. And we try not to be political, but obviously like being Palestinian, being a cultural Palestinian cultural club that preserves the Palestinian culture is an is in and of itself political and we can't help that. Yeah. But I would encourage people to show up and kind of promote Palestinian culture in all of its aspects, not just the political side, as important as the political side 100%, 100%. is. One hundred percent. And I also want to mention for anyone listening that if the thing that is holding you back from speaking out or from identifying is this notion that you'll be labeled anti-Semitic, I just want to say this once and I want to say it loudly: criticism of Israel does not equal criticism of Judaism. And calling 100%. out Israel's human rights violation violations does not mean you're anti-Semitic. Emphasis yeah. on human it's rights about, violation. This is not about religion. This is about human rights. That's yeah. all it is. 100%. Anti-Zionism 100%. is so different from anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anti-Zionism 100%. is a political statement. It's not... Exactly. This, these are the tactics that stop us from speaking out that make us afraid because we're afraid of these labels such as and being anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. So don't let that stop you. Be educated. Mm-hmm. Anyways, thank you guys so much for you guys being here. I really, really appreciate it. And I've, I've been wanting to do this for a while. And alhamdulillah, we finally got to the got the chance to do it. Thank you so much for inviting us. We really yeah. enjoyed this. No, you guys are always the first thing in my mind. When I when I hear the word Palestine, I'm like, oh, Noor Nadam. Honestly, every, any chance we get to talk about Palestine, I was we'll literally about Palestine. to say that. Just tell us to talk about Palestine and we'll just okay. we'll literally okay. be there. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time on another episode and make sure you comment, make sure you comment, like, and subscribe. Anyways, bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> you cover your cameras. Oh. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 